Joining me now to discuss his new book titled Manhood, The Masculine Virtues America Needs is United States Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri. Thank you so much, Senator, for your defense for human life, the sanctity of marriage, religious liberty, and the unique value and contribution of men and women and the contribution we have to society. I want to unpack now your book, Manhood. Each and every word was so intentionally written for a blueprint of what it means to be a man today. The purpose and that primordial purpose of men is so helpful. And you write it. I wasn't expecting this from a biblical and philosophical perspective, these truths on manhood that truly do stand the test of time. So I'd love to dive in. I want to dig right into the beginning of your book where you dive into what a man's mission is from a biblical worldview. And you talk about a man being a tiller of soil. Can you start to unpack what that means to you and the theology and philosophy of it? Absolutely. First of all, thank you for having me. It's so great to be with you. Just to go all the way back, the the Bible, of course, starts with Genesis. This book is really about me trying to do my best to lay out what the Bible's vision for good, healthy, strong masculinity is. And I don't make any apologies that it's from the Bible. I mean, the the left hates that. We're not supposed to talk about the Bible, and particularly that officials aren't supposed to talk about the Bible. But too bad. I mean, we need to hear again what the Bible says, and these foundational truths. And if you look at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, you see a story there about God creating the world, a familiar story, and God creating a garden at the center of this world, Eden, and he puts man and woman in it. And he gives the man the instruction, and it comes specifically in the Genesis stories to Adam, this piece of it, to cultivate the garden and to keep it. And what we really see there, I think, is a picture of what men are supposed to do. They're supposed to make gardens in the wilderness. They're supposed to take the beautiful things God has made and to preserve them and expand them out into the world. They're supposed to use their work, their labor, to cultivate the ground. Great word, you know, farm the ground and to make it productive. So the pattern there is set for men. Use your labor, use your life, use your will. To, that's right, to tame, to make beautiful, to bring order from chaos. Mm. And so you dive that very deeply into a man's mission and how this goes from everything from protecting, protecting the Garden of Eden. You dive into the fall and you even connect how there's this potential, right? This deep potential for creation in the human soul and the man soul and how this also has to do with his own soul, not just what he cultivates and tames in the world apart from himself as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think what we see there in the Genesis story and throughout the whole Bible is that the path to manhood is really a path to character. It is about forming our character as men. You know, So I think men, if you want to have significance, if you want to leave a legacy, if you want to be a man of influence, that begins with your character. It begins in your soul. And that may be an old-fashioned message, but I think it's one that men want to hear because I don't know a man who doesn't want to have influence, who doesn't want to leave a legacy. Every man does. And I think instinctively, every man knows that he's got to form his soul. He's got to form his character. And that's really at the heart of what it means to be a man, especially to be a good, strong man. And that's really at the heart of this book. 
It was refreshing in the book to see that you really do have a keen sense of the crisis occurring. You don't have any blinders on. You see that men are struggling with a lack of confidence, direction, motivation, even willingness to take a risk, and how even through your time teaching at the university level, teaching law, that you saw this desire of young men to be mentored. Men would you know, come to you for that mentorship and guidance. I love at one point in your book where you mentioned not only were you helping to create an academic plan, but you were helping to really kind of do this performance improvement plan from books and all these recommendations that it touches on how deeply men are looking for purpose, but without mentors, without direction, they're floundering today. That is absolutely the case. That has been my personal observation from teaching lots of young men. Now as a father, I've got two little boys at home and then a baby girl. But I just, as I look out across the landscape and I get now in my current line of work, I have the incredible good privilege of meeting young men all over my state and really across the country. And I hear this story over and over and over where young men especially say, I want my life to matter, but I'm not sure how to make that the case. You know, mm -hmm. I want to live a life of meaning and purpose, but I'm not sure what that looks like. And I think it speaks to the fact that the left for generations now has told men that to be a man is to be toxic. Mm -hmm. It has told men that they make the world worse off just by being men. And has told them that life is meaningless. You know, there's nothing really to life. The best you can hope to do is entertain yourself, pursue pleasure. All of those things are false. And I think what we really need to give to young men is the truth that their lives do matter and that that meaning and purpose is found in taking on responsibility and serving others. I remember back in 2018 when the American Psychological Association released this perspective on manhood that basically called masculinity toxic. And it's in really stark contrast to your book. You actually even address many of the key ideas of who men are. You know, this idea that even the American Psychological Association rejected things such as stoicism, rejected things such as aggression and competition. We'll talk a little bit more about these. But what I appreciate in your book is that you focus on the formation of the man and how what the culture says today is bad is actually what fuels a culture of who a man is meant to be. You even dive into the writings of the Greeks and the Romans and their perspective on the difference between being a man and a male. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, a man is a biological reality, something that the left today seems to have trouble with. They seem <laughs> not to understand that women are biological creatures. Being a woman, that's a biological fact. Being a man, that's a biological fact. But, you know, something that Jordan Peterson said to me recently, I think really captures this nicely. His comment was that nature initiates women into womanhood, but culture is what initiates men. And so when we think about Interesting. being not just a biological male, that's a fact of nature, but when we think about growing into being a good, strong man, being a man of character, being sometimes we say a true man or a real man, that is something that a man does by forming his soul, by forming his character. The Greeks and Romans believe that. It's certainly the teaching of the Bible. And while there's a lot of diversity of perspective between the Greeks and the Romans on the one hand and the Bible on the other hand, mm -hmm. on this point, there is total symmetry there. And I think men today, they know this instinctively. It's why they buy books on leadership. It's why they go to executive coaching seminars. It's why they follow social media influencers who say, hey, do this, follow this protocol, engage in these exercises. It's because they want to improve themselves. They want to form themselves. That is just written into us. And what I try to do in the book is say, okay, what can we learn from the Bible above all, but also the ancients, American history? What can we learn about what it looks like to form our character as men? 
So what virtues would you emphasize that men need to embody today to live out their mission? Well, I named six sets of virtues, if you like, key to six roles. And those are husband and father and warrior and builder and priest and king. And I get those roles from following the story of the Bible as it unfolds different men and, and this story about trying to expand God's temple and to build the garden. And I suggest that the Bible has one big story that runs through the whole length and breadth of it, which is really about making all the earth into what God intended it to be, you know, making it an Eden, if you like. A story that is Christian, we believe, is only and truly completed with Christ. But men have a role to play in this. And so you look at the different roles men play as they form their character, as they take on that mission God has for them. And my message to men is, even if you're not a father now, you can form the virtues of a father. Even if you're not a husband, you can form the character of a husband. And I think that those different roles, those different responsibilities, they really set out for men the ways in which we're supposed to form our character to become men who are dependable, who are protectors, who are providers, and ultimately who live a life of sacrifice for others. In those virtues that are each chapters of your book, Husband, Father, Warrior, Builder, Priest, King, there's a resounding theme, everything from endurance and stoicism, this need for self-sacrifice. Can you talk a little bit about endurance and stoicism and how important that is in a culture where the American Psychological Association itself back in 2018 said these are bad qualities for men to have? They're so wrong and everybody knows it. I mean, anybody who has any common sense out there, anybody who's raised boys, they know that they're wrong. Listen, what they call stoicism is self-discipline. Mm -hmm. It is the key to freedom in life. You want to be free? Discipline your passions. Learn how to bring your desires, your various wants under control so that you can pursue a long-term goal that is good for you and for the people in your life. That's basic stuff. That's like anybody who's mm -hmm. ever pursued a goal, played a sport, committed himself to anything. The left is so confused today about the basic nature of reality. But what I talk about in the book is these disciplines of self-discipline, of self-sacrifice, of self-mastery, as we pursue those, as we get stronger with those, as we build those up, we become more and more the men that we were meant to be. We find that we can influence other people for the good. We can help them become who they were meant to be. We can change the destiny of our families. We can change the destiny of our lives. And that's what every man is called to. It's so exciting. And it's really within the reach of every man if he will make the decision to take on responsibility and to live into the roles God has meant for him. There's a deep need today for virility in men, virtue. Can you talk a little bit about that passion energy that men need to embody in the work they do to build up what is good and destroy what is evil in our culture today? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll start with that by just thinking of my little boys. My son Elijah is 10 and my son Blaze is eight. And, you know, my little guys, even at this age, are so full of passion and ambition and adventure. I mean, you know, if there's a tree, they're climbing it. If there's a ball, they're kicking it. And there's something that is very boyish and very frankly masculine about that. My view is that from kindergarten on now, the so-called experts in our society, whether it's the American Psychological Association or these other groups, want to root that out. They want to tell mm -hmm. boys, no, 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 sit down and be quiet. No, you're being too rambunctious. Later on, they tell men, don't be ambitious. You know, you'll just make the world a worse place. You'll contribute to climate change, you know, whatever. 
this is so totally wrong. What we need to do is say to those men from the time they're my boy's age and older that, yeah, you know what? To have a sense of adventure is fantastic. To have a sense of playful aggressiveness is wonderful. Now channel that as you get older, channel it into the service of others, channel it into productive work, channel that into contributions to your family, to your community. We shouldn't be trying to eradicate those qualities in men. We should be trying to mature them to, again, help men be the kind of contributors and builders they can be. I keep thinking of a line from a church document, Catholic church document, about 60 years ago during Vatican II called Gaudi Mitzvahs. And in it, it says, a man can only truly find himself through a sincere gift of self. And how God, the only person that God created in his image and likeness was the human person. He didn't create animals in his image and likeness. And how if we can only come to that understanding that we discover ourselves through sacrificial love, yet that's radically opposed to what the culture says with everything from zero tolerance policies to over medication and turning children into zombies, right, and tranquilizing them in many ways, especially boys, we see an education system, you write about this in your book, that's conditioned boys to reject what is fundamentally masculine. And that is discovered in giving yourself away as a gift by living out that warrior perspective. Absolutely. You know, what is most fundamentally the quality of a warrior is someone who will sacrifice his life for others. And that's why there's a strong affinity between a warrior, between a husband, and between a father. It's all the same ethic. It's versions of the same ethic, which is giving your life for other people, laying down your interests for the good of other people, being willing to make yourself expendable so that other people can flourish and grow and see the purposes of God achieved in their lives. I mean, that's really at the heart of what it means to be a man, I think. And there's no accident about that because it's after the pattern ultimately of Christ. I mean, what did Christ do? He laid down his life for the world. So men are in our own small ways in our own little corner of the universe, right? We're supposed to live like that. We're supposed to be willing to discipline ourselves and to give our lives for others, self-sacrifice. It's just the opposite of what our leftist culture now preaches, which is self-indulgence and self-importance and self-care, self-actualization. You know, the only way you truly find yourself is to give yourself away, to give yourself in service and love to others. And that is the path to true significance. 